Sean, and this is Sess with Cass. God, I'm like professionally sorry for that. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Sass with Cass. I'm your host, Cassandra Grodd, and I'm the best-selling author of both Bully and Darling. It is my intention behind creating this podcast to share with you my passion around helping others feel like their most confident selves. Even if this podcast is just able to give you a smile or something to lighten up your day, I really hope that I can share my love for healing, beauty, sex, life, and everything in between. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to the Self Love Club. All right, guys, welcome back to Sass with Cass. As I am saying this, Sass with Cass is number three on the Apple top charts, which is bananas, absolutely bananas. Um, We are literally below Joe Rogan, so I'm praying for a miracle that something happens and we get above Joe Rogan. Like, New Zealand needs this. (laughs) They do. New Zealand needs this. actually wild. So thank you so much for your support to come off the blocks and start like that really is a dream come true. Um, my name's Cass Grodd. If you don't know me, you should. And someone else you should know is my very good friend, Riley. Welcome Hello. to Sass with Cass. I'm um, so excited to be here, even though I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> We're like looking at each other through a screen. I love it. We are. We are doing a Zoom interview. Um, in case you're living under a rock, Riley is more commonly known as Healthy Chick 101, possibly, if you're on the Instagram circuit or the YouTube circuit. I feel like your YouTube is getting so big. I was watching you yesterday and I was like, killing it, queen. Yeah, well, it's just like a lot to upload on there, but, you know, I'm trying my best. <laughs> You're enjoying it? Yeah, it's, it's just like another, you know, like podcast and YouTube and Instagram. It's just another thing that we can do, which is cool. It is really cool. It's really creative and fun. Um, so you can go find Riley there, but today we're going to have a little chat. So to kick things off, how I guess not like how we met because I think I'd met you beforehand but we basically hooked up hooked up (laughs) we hooked up in LA did we (laughs) this is like drama (laughs) we linked up in LA when Riley was out there for a little um work trip which was really fun but we met David Dobrik I know that was it and like still to this day it feels like it didn't happen because I didn't know who he was <laughs> yeah the best part about this is I was freaking out and okay, okay we we're gonna start from the very yeah. very side of the story because when we both met him and we both posted him do you remember looking down at your phone and just being like cats like five thousand sixteen year olds have dm'd me <laughs> and even like my sister like my friends were like you don't even understand what's just happened and I was like I actually don't <laughs> So we met up at a club at a bar called EPLP in LA, and yeah. we made our way to another club called Bootsy Bellows. And anyone Which, that was just like <laughs> like thinking about that whole thing now, still I like die. It's so funny. I want to know how much you spent on Ubers because you were getting those like Uber. <laughs> 
Riley was like, we, we, I've been getting these deluxe Ubers. <laughs> what were they? The big, um, the like Teslas? The, yeah. And like the big black, like you'd like literally had to like do five steps up to get into. Yeah. And yeah, they like open the, the door sedan. for you and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my povo ass we get to the club and I remember opening the door and you go Cassie's getting out the door to open it for you and I had to shut my own door so the guy could open it for me <laughs> so you're just like dropping down racks on yeah. Ubers and I still haven't checked how much I spent but it was worth it I feel <laughs> um so we pull up we're like taking photos in the car and we pull up to Bootsy Bellows and there's a lot of people who listen to this actually from LA so if you know Bootsy you know what we're on about but if you don't how would you describe the girls we saw waiting outside that club (laughs) no judgment like 13 first of all like literally so young and and the whole thing I think for New Zealand as well it's a lot different because you can just line up and get in like yeah there's a line in New Zealand and you line up and you show your ID and you get in but you couldn't just line up and go in at no in LA you you had to know some guy and everyone acted like they knew him really well everyone's like oh what was this I don't know let's just call him like Carlos. James Carlos. everyone's like Carlos is like getting me in and then there's this one guy who has all these friends and he's like Carlos like screaming waving him down like it was like Carlos. it was just it was like a zoo. Like, honestly, I couldn't believe it. Like, everyone was like, Carlos is my guy. Like, I love Carlos so much. He knows me really well. We go way back. And Carlos is like, I don't know who you are. So yeah, we're waiting I mean- in this line. <laughs> Girls are scrambling. Like, they're scrambling. They're up, in, they're up in the, like, bush. Yeah, and, like, that is not an over-exaggeration. At one point, they were like, Carlos's table can enter. And these, like, four little little gals trotted with their sky high heels through the bush. They climbed <laughs> vertical up to get into this club to beat the line. Like they went rogue. They went off ground out they of did. complete footpath. And you and I were looking at them and they, they were going over pebbles. They're like in the terrain. It was bananas and pajamas. Yeah. Um, and so we finally get in there. Eh? <laughs> and we're at this table with, I don't know who these people were. But they were like iced out, like they had like like yeah. diamond Rolexes, like it's money, money over there. Yeah, but it's it's so weird because you if you look at them just at, at a glance, they're in like hoodies, facts, yeah, like, very casual, like casual stuff. But there's people just bringing bottles, there's dancers, and then you <laughs> like they're iced out. It was it was it was honestly bizarre. Like I had never seen it anything bizarre. like it before. <laughs> and like that, you raise a really really good point because. In New Zealand, and I think in Aussie, correct me if I'm wrong, there's not that promoter system. Like, as you said, you line up, you get in. Whereas in LA, what we're talking about with this Carlos thing, by the way, shout out Carlos. He literally still follows me. But (laughs) if you don't have a Carlos and Carlos is like a promoter, if you don't have someone promoting you who's going to like vouch for you, you're literally not getting in the club. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they they just say like, you're not, doesn't matter how old you are, how well you're dressed, you're not getting in. 100%. Um, And the reason that you often don't get in in LA is because they occupy those tables for huge celebrities. So to pay for a table in a club is like 10,000 US, I think. So if you have a promoter, you're not paying those insane fees. But, you know, Tiger, who's actually someone I saw at Bootsy Pillows once, <laughs> is, could be beside you. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, was, that was the but arena. Then you we don't were pay in. for the drinks. <laughs> nah, you literally just weird, sit eh? down and they just br- like they bring you bottles and bottles and mixes and you don't have to pay. It was just, it was so weird. 
It is a weird system. I also don't know how they make any money. It's it's got to be from the celebs then. Mafia money. Yeah. Someone high up in Dubai is owning that without a doubt. Um, So we are like face first in this club surrounded by, and like no one's friendly. You know what I mean? And like. (laughs) No one. It was just me and you dancing. Everyone's like, hi. There's the thing. They don't dance. Like I was trying to explain to my friends in New Zealand, Americans don't dance. We like get down, eh? Like on the dance floor, everyone's there. Everyone's dancing. Whereas LA was like, everyone was just chilling. 100%. And they try to look cool. They're like. Yeah. It was very much about that, eh? Looking cool. Very, very looking cool. not sure if I got there, but you know. I think you look pretty cool. So we're like, we're having a good time because we're together, but we're also not like having the best time ever considering everyone sitting around us is just trying to be like super cool. And so we were kind of making our own fun. That's like how I describe it. So we went tearing off to this bathroom and like, we, I do you remember being in the bathroom and like the girls scared me so much. <laughs> yeah. I, and I it smelled so nice. Mm, and they had free lollies. Like you could take yeah. a lolly. Um, so and we leave this bathroom and we like come to this mutual agreement with the fact we're going to leave. It's kind of late. Clubs in yeah. LA actually open at 11 PM. They don't open yeah. earlier. So we were there, what, like 12, 31 AM. It was pretty late. Yeah. And I had to um, <laughs> catch my flight home the next day too. So we were That's like, let's right. just make a call. That's right. And we, I remember trying to go out the main exit and the guy stopped me and you, and he was like, no, no, you need to go out this like side exit because we've got this problem with girls climbing over bushes to get into the club. <laughs> Due to someone called Carlos. (laughs) We've got a problem with Carlos. He's got too many friends. And so we were like, okay. And we go out this like weird secret garden, which I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like that was God giving us our David Dobrik gift. Yeah. But you saw the guy inside first and I thought you were friends with him because it was loud. (laughs) You'd like walk past and you'd be like, ah, and he was like, hey, like it was like you knew each other. And I was like, oh, must just be a mate. I had no idea. Like, no idea at all. That's a very good point. So I met Jeff Wittick, who if you do watch David Dobrik, um, you ob- will know who I'm talking about. Jeff is like one of the most beautiful humans and I saw him and freaked out. We, act- I don't think I told you this, but we ended up DMing. <gasps> that's a vibe. That's and meant to be, And I love it. That is T. He used get to go to my talking. gym. <laughs> he used to go to my gym. And he's like, I've seen it. you at the gym. <gasps> yeah, so... I know. Fly me out. Get me back, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. So we we left after I'd saw, seen Jeff. I took a photo with him. I think I was freaking out. I was like, he's like famous. And you were like, awesome. Yeah. Um, Who isn't around here? <laughs> and we leave and we walk outside past a bush and I turn and Mr. David Dobrik is standing <laughs> on the road. He's like, just, he's this guy, messy hair, hoodie, his friends are standing around outside. It almost looked like they tried to get in and couldn't. Like that 100%. was what the vibe was like. 100%. And you were a little bit behind me and I I remember he looked at me. Or and no, Did we go up to him? I can't remember. I remember him being like, where's Jeff? And I was like, I was just with Jeff. I can go get Jeff. And he's like, we need to get Jeff. I was like, yes, David Dobrik, we need to get Jeff. Um, and then obviously we just had like a major fangirl I was like, I I think if I go back to retell the story, I literally was struggling to speak English. Like that's where I was at. Yeah. You, you like (laughs) cried after, like you were, it was like a, like a milestone. Like this is it. I've met David. 
So here and comes he was Riley. So nice. Here comes Riley behind me. <laughs> I was like, hi, hi. I'm sorry, I just have no idea who you are, but I feel like I should do this too. I like, needed no to get worries. a photo. And I'm so glad I did because people don't believe me when I say I've met him. And yeah, I'm like, right. I've got a photo to prove it. Yeah. 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 He was really nice to us. We did have a little chat. Um, yeah. And it was he was really interested timing. in your book. He was. I remember that. That was really nice. He actually, I messaged him and he replied and I ended up sending him a copy of Bully. That's so cool. Mm, crazy, eh? Wild. Yeah. But he was very nice. He's If anyone is a huge David Dobrik fan, he is as good in person and he is so smart. He's one of the smartest most onto it people like so eloquently spoken and I'm just yeah. there freaking out and he was yeah. so calming um, yeah no it was cool it was cool and then we leave and we post the story. photos <laughs> and we I just know. had like 7,000 messages like get fucked yeah the DMs were blowing up people were like um, mad at me that I didn't know who he was I was like I'm sorry but then I realized <laughs> I had seen him before with that breakup video that he did and there were tears and all the rest. With I'd Liza. seen that and I was like, okay, it makes sense now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what did you think of LA overall? How was your experience? I loved it, but I feel like if you weren't there, it would have been very different. Like I really? feel like, yeah, you sort of made it for me. Because Aww, yeah, so well, like that day when we like, you brought me all that stuff, first of all, all the food. So it went off, it started off great. Oh, the American candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, just, like, that little when we w- went around and, like, got coffee and, like, I saw – because when vibe. you go to places and you don't know anyone that lives there, it is different. Yeah. Like, if you think someone came to Auckland as a tourist and was just, like, cool, you I'll know, and then they went jump. with you, you could yeah. show them all the shit. Yeah. Yeah, so totally. It, and I, like, I'm, like, I could live there. It was cool. It was – I loved it. It is a really cool place to live. I would – like if my, I could pick up people who I love or people I'm friendly with and take them there, it would be my dream city. I think I struggled with not having like those close friendships and yeah. like people who knew me. I actually really love like New Zealanders, Aussies, like the culture. And I do love American culture, like all respect. It was fantastic. But I wish I just, you know, if imagine if you and I lived there or like yeah. you and five friends, it's such a vibe when you actually have a connection. Yeah. That's the um, thing you need. Yeah. Well, I'm in Australia right now. I don't know anyone. That's the thing. Like, everyone, I, my friends were here, everything. I would n- never even think about moving anywhere else. It's like anything. Like the, mm. the place matters, but so do the people and the people matter mm. more. But it that's, is a very yeah. cool place. It's a very cool place. Um, yeah. That's so interesting that you, do you feel like you've made friends in Aussie? No, because I don't go to work. <laughs> you know, I that work is from hard. home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, like Jazz, I met her in Fiji when we went on that trip, and then she lived here. So I had someone here, but she's moved to Perth now. And I like my sisters here. I live with her and mum, and well, we don't live with mum, but mm. yeah, it, it's different, especially like going from having close friends around you all the time. Mm. Um, but then it's like I can't move somewhere because of my friends because my friends are everywhere. I've got Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch. Like it's yeah. just you can never base it off that. So, yeah, it's all right. I mean, we've got Skype. Hi, Zoom. <laughs> I know. I've been thinking yes, about that do. too, like transitioning to the to the stage of like working for yourself. It is quite isolating. Like 
me taking a photo of myself or like me sending books like it's very similar for you like you posting your content taking your photo it's like you and your photographer really like it's not like you have colleagues no you can have lunch with that's the thing and it's like even like Friday after work drinks you know like and just getting out of your space that you're in the house and going to something like having something to go to and like the the workouts that I've been doing live every morning it makes me feel like I've got like a thing Mm. that I have to go to again like it's real Mm. weird it's this feeling like when I go to bed at night I've got to be up for something Mm. whereas like we've got to be up every morning because like you've got to send books you've got to take photos you've got to email people back you've got to record a podcast but it's not like there's a time that you need to be somewhere and it needs to happen and there's someone else holding you accountable it's a weird thing and of course there's highs and lows to every job like and mm. I've done it. I've done night shifts. I've done, you know, mm. working as a swimming instructor. I've st- I've done so many different things and there's highs mm. and lows to it all. But I think that's one thing that you don't realize at the beginning of doing like social media and content creation mm. that and some days are easier than others, but it is a thing. And like, we all go through it. And I suppose to the outside like view, it would kind of be like, get a grip. Like you yeah. just get to be at home and take a photo. And I get that. Like, I'm like, yeah, I know. But also, can I have a friend as well? And like, I don't know. I, I really, I've been on, been really lucky to like be on a couple um, sets of actual photo shoots more recently. And like this year I'm booking like paid work. It's really hard. Like, yeah. You guys should try taking photos in your underwear. If any, everyone could do it, you would. Like, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm tired. I know, and sweaty, and just it's a lot. Yeah, and you've, like, got early call times. I don't know, I feel like the biggest brat saying that, but at the same time, it's definitely less glamorous. Like, if that's one thing I would communicate, it is so much less glamorous being in it yeah. than what you perceive social media to be, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. It's it's hard work. You've got to be so self-motivated working for yourself. Like, you don't have a boss being mm. like, get this in on Friday. If you, if you don't, if you screw up that brand deal, like you're literally not getting paid. Like, yeah. And they're just like, bye. Fuck yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, it's an interesting yeah. job. Speaking it of is. your job, um, transitioning, you did a tour. Yeah. And um, so did you. <laughs> and so did I, I think. I love it. I really wanted to just talk about your experience on tour because I know I personally learned so much from that experience. And as we were just saying with social media, I think like going on a tour, that's something that people, I would be really interested to hear about. It's a really different thing to do. We are both not rappers. We're both not Dua Lipa. So... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could be if we tried. I mean, yeah, I mean, that 2021, (laughs) baby, it's happening. So my question is, what was the number one thing you learned about yourself on tour? About myself? What did I learn about myself? I feel like there were so many little things that, like, I learned that I burn out. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is like a real thing and Mm -hmm. the excitement takes over at the beginning and then I did sort of hit a wall so I guess I learned that I can burn out (laughs) because it's not something that you sort of notice when you're at home um and you're applying to dms or whatever but then also just how much of a real life impact what I'm doing has on people Mm. like we get the messages we chat to people we see Mm. the comments we see the likes we see 
people supporting us and buying things that we promote. Mm. But to actually hug these people and they're crying and they're, you know, telling you, you saved my daughter's life kind of shit. It's like, Mm. what the fuck? It brings it on a whole nother level. Yeah, it's wild. And until I saw that in real life, I was kind of, I don't know, you sort of just through a screen it sort of just merges all together and it's just part of it. Whereas seeing that in real life, yeah, it really showed me the impact that what I'm doing has on people, which was so cool. I think that would be the number one thing. Yeah, It sounds so cliche, but it is like, you know, when you get into the real life shit. Yeah. And I think you'd probably feel the same as well, like just meeting these people that may have followed us for years or Mm. maybe just jumped on board recently. and Mm -hmm. Because it's weird, like they know us, but we don't know them. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Do you ever, like, people will often come up to me or they came up to me. I think tour was different. But when people come up to you, like, often I find that they don't actually say their name because they'll be like, Riley, you know how, like, your dog and your blah, 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 because you're always sharing your life. And you're like, dude, I am your best friend. Yes, I am that person. What is your name? Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. You skip that You skip that awkward introduction phase because it's just, yeah. like, into the deep stuff. I know. I love it. Um, yeah. Um, no, that's a great point. I felt very, very similar to that. I like translating names and like faces off on like offline. Basically, it's almost like Instagram to me was video game esque before my tour. Like it was something where this is like really fun, and now the numbers gonna grow, and like this is really fun. This is happening, but when you're actually bringing those people in front of you that moves beyond some corny social media account. Like that is the nitty gritty of people's mental health and their perspective of themselves. And Um, it's life. Like that's people's lives. Yeah. Did you have a favorite show? Uh, Favorite show? I think Auckland because it was my first one and we did two. So we did like an afternoon one and then a night one. Epic. Um, and it was the first one and things went wrong. Like my microphone <laughs> fucked out and I was like wearing these stupid little heels and I <laughs> literally the whole time I was just trying to stay standing up. Um, and it was just like the whole thing. My um, One of my best friends, Emily, flew up from Wellington mm. to um, like help with it all and I flew my sister over as a surprise, like paid for her flights to come over oh, wow. from Australia. So she was there for the first one. And it was just that whole like excitement and like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I guess it's happening. Are people even going to show up? You know, like, yeah. it yeah. whole, like it was just wild. But yeah, I think that'd have to be my favorite one. Yeah. Did you find like home, the home one was? Yeah. Oh, Auckland was. Wellington. Oh, true. Uh, Auckland was kind of just like, uh, I reckon. Yeah. Auckland was the vibe. Um, yeah. That was like me too. Auckland was my favorite. Auckland was by far the biggest. Um, my next biggest show was going to be Christchurch, but unfortunately that was the day that the shootings happened. That's um, right. Yeah, so the whole thing went down the drain. But like I learned a lot and it's important, you know, my show is absolutely so irrelevant compared to what happened and I just wanted to be safe and help Christchurch be safe and whatever, whatever. Yeah, but, Auckland, but being there when it happened, right? I yeah. remember seeing your stories and it was like, right, like you didn't know what, no one knew what was going on. You were just in No, we drove like past the road. Tell, did you? Mm-hmm, oh. mm-hmm. 
we drove past the road. We were going to get balloons for the show, like those huge fuck off cascrod balloons. Yeah. And we, yeah, the whole street was like carnage and like people were like running and it was loud and the driver was like, what the fuck? And like, screw and went down a different road and we were at the balloon shop and got the news that there was a shooter on the loose and we had to go home straight away. And we ended up going back to our Airbnb then one news contacted me and I was on the news, like a direct witness on the news. And like my family's watching it from home being like, what the heck? Um, and yeah, obviously we were just That's trying to lot. get the right, get the right information out to everyone and keep everyone safe and like do what we could. But obviously in, in an emergency situation, you're getting drip fed info. Yeah. Yeah. So we would say something and then it would be irrelevant in five minutes. Um, yeah. And then I was copping hate because people were like, there's a crisis going on and all you're doing is talking about a book tour. And it's like, that's because I'm trying to save, or not save, I'm trying to help the 160 people who are trying to turn up to this, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's just a lot going on, eh? And it just, yeah. The fact that you drove, yeah, drove, that's just actually wild. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Do you know what happened to me at my Auckland show, though? So... I I put on 13 kgs in New York. If yeah. anyone's planning on like moving to New York, just don't eat deep dish pizza. Maybe yeah. ever. Just don't try it. <laughs> so, I still need to go there for that. <laughs> so I went there and 13 kgs later, we came back to New Zealand and I had this blazer that I wanted to wear for my Auckland show. And basically the button like hardly fit. Like, yeah. it, like she was in there, like she's thick, you know what I mean? And I sat down on the couch and my button exploded off my blazer into the crowd. And, and like, the my show. blazer just, <laughs> and my ginorm titties were just like out. And I was just like, hi. <laughs> that is honestly such a fucking vibe. I love it. I, I would say this is a great deal. Like if you paid, like whatever you paid for this, yeah. double it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can pay me after the show. So, I mean, speaking of body image and transitioning quickly, you are obviously about to embark on a new journey. Um, if those if those listening don't know, Riley actually has like a really in-depth YouTube video on this called My New Journey. Um, I think that's correct. But you yeah. were recently diagnosed with lipoedema. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to say like how awesome that you're sharing this journey and like coming forward so that you can help educate and raise awareness for that. That's obviously so, so, so cool. Um, but for anyone listening who maybe isn't tapped into that journey, how, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, it's, um, it was a lot to sort of process to begin with. I mean, it was sort of a whole, well, I'll quickly say what it, what it is. It's like a yeah. disease of the fat in the legs and arms. Mm-hmm. And basically it's the kind of, it's like this weird fat that can't be exercised away. So mm-hmm. I guess as soon as I say that, I'm like, to people that don't get it, they're like, oh, you're just fat and making excuses. And that's just a thing. Wow. Like it's what my mind goes to straight away and it is what some people think that don't get it. Um. But yeah, I've like apparently, so it is hereditary um, Mm -hmm. and there's three stages in your life where it can accelerate. And so that's puberty, pregnancy and menopause. Wow. Uh, And it affects one in 11 women, which is like, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. No one even knows about it. Like I remember going to my doctor years ago in New Zealand and saying, I think I've got this, you know, I'm sort of getting pain no matter 
what I do, like, um, you know, eating this, exercising that, whatever, not that it matters. Um, yeah. And my legs just sort of don't really change that much, blah, blah, blah. And he sort of said, oh, I don't really know much about it. You can go ahead and get a vein scan if you want, but, like, I don't think you have it sort of thing. So I was like, oh, whatever, sort of let it go. And it yeah. wasn't until I saw other girls on social media and ones that had messaged me and said, hey, I've got it. I think you might have it too. Mm. And I guess it's this whole thing around it doesn't just affect people that are overweight. Mm. It affects anyone that has the gene, you can get it. It doesn't matter what size you are, you can get lipedema. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess when I went to the specialist finally to get diagnosed with it, I was in the back of my head hoping that I didn't have it just so I could – it's almost like having that hope that it's not going to progressively get worse. Right. Um, but then I was also hoping that I finally had a reason for everything that was going on. Mm. So it was like a double-edged sword. I was like, well, either way, it's going to be a bit fucked. Mm. <laughs> but we're <laughs> gonna get this diagnosis and it's gonna be all right so they basically took one look at me and they're like yeah you have it but like did all the ultrasound situation and yeah so I guess now it's just dealing with it and like it's not the end of the world some days I'm like oh this fucking sucks and then other days I'm like just get on with it like do what you need to do people have different things that they have to you know different allergies or different conditions that they have to eat a certain way or do certain things for it and Mm. I'm just another one of those people And I just have to do what I need to do. So, yeah, I guess coming to terms with the whole, like, I love my body. Mm. And that was a thing for me to, you know, I'm at this point where I'm like, I love my legs. I love my body. Yeah. And then to be told, like, your legs are like that because you've got a disease or a condition. Yeah. And I'm like, well, (laughs) you know, I I still love them. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I guess for me now it's just doing what I can do with what I've got. And the only sort of, um, what would they say, like cure, I guess, is getting the fat actually removed from with liposuction, which, again, is a whole other thing because that goes against what I, you know, am constantly preaching to people. Yeah. That love your body. Um, you don't need to conform to society's idea of what's perfect and what's beautiful um so yeah I guess that'll just be a whole nother thing and I I don't want to get surgery unless I have to and the pain gets worse and all that sort of thing but I mean I've, I've sort of come to terms with it now and I'm just like I'm just living my life and doing what I can so yeah I'm glad that I have a platform to be able to raise awareness like so many girls and women and everything of gone and got diagnosed since I posted that video and that's wow. just crazy to me. Yeah. Because they've got the confidence now, like watching you do it. Yeah, and just not even knowing about it. Like having true, pains, true. having all of the symptoms, but doctors don't even know. So they've just never known. So yeah, that that's been like uh, it's almost like without saying like it's meant to be and I'm meant to have this. I almost mm. feel like I am and it's like mm. happened for a reason. Oh yeah, 100%. And to like give a voice to it. I, I love that perspective. It's a, the universe works in interesting ways. Um, 100%. So you don't have to have a surgery or you're going to wait it out and see. Yeah. Well, there's different things that like massage that's meant to help it. You can wear compression, which are these like massive, like knitted pants, but I'm like, that's not good quality of life for me. You know, I need to weigh everything up and go like, 
should I be doing that or should I just be looking at what I'm eating? So like low right. dairy, um, low carb and low sugar to be like anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. trying to keep my overall body weight where it's at mm-hmm. um, just because obviously that's going to stop, well not stop, but it will slow down things getting worse and more painful. Uh, so yeah, I, they try and tell you not to look at surgery as a last resort and try and look at it as the only actual cure for it. Right. But until it sort of affects more of my like well-being and life and, you know, like my joint alignment Mm. and things like that, I'm just going to change what I'm eating, keep doing what I'm doing, exercising and just Mm. trying the massage, trying cryotherapy again which is like the cold chamber because apparently mm-hmm. that's meant to be really good for in, like inflammatory responses in your body Ooh. and things. So I'll just do all that kind of stuff yeah. um, and then just just see how I go. And it's all about like if something works for me, it might not work for the next person that has it. So it's just seeing what works for me. But, yeah, I'm feeling way more positive about it that I can actually do things to help. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where which that's awesome. at. It's a bit wild, but, you know, like it's just what's happened. So. It is wild, but I mean, like from a fellow follower's point of view, I just wanted to like 100% take the space to say, well done. And it inspires so many what you do. Like, yes, obviously the lipoedema and diagnosing that and like talking to people in that realm is incredible. But I think this will really and has really given space for people who might have other health issues to go and like, get that motivation to get the diagnosis or just look at themselves and how they can continually help themselves. And I think that's such a theme that I pick up from you is you're like the queen of self-love and the queen of self-growth. So you obviously inspire so, so many people to do just that all the time. And they're probably listening to this podcast. So oh, thank I know you. that, that, means that a really lot. helps. No, of course. Um, and speaking of followers, I asked them to ask you questions. Oh my God. I love that. Me and them, we're just like this. So I asked you guys what you you wanted to ask. You know how that's going to go away. (laughs) The weirdest shit. Okay. The weirdest (laughs) shit and so many more questions than I thought we would get. (laughs) Okay. I was, yeah, I was shook. Um, But here we go. So the first question is, do you feel more pressure due to being in the public eye? So I, I guess pressure will relate that to physical pressure, appearance, job, life pressure. Do you feel more pressure? Yeah, for sure. Because I get it. Like we're putting our life on social media. So that opens us up to anyone saying whatever they want to say. Mm. So yeah, you do. you have different opinions from a six-year-old woman all the way through to a 13-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all different types and we're all so different and we hold different values. And that's just it. People can find something offensive. Um, and it's about being careful not to offend people, but then also staying true to who you are. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I definitely feel the pressure and it's that constant battle between do what, I'm going to do and live my life and say what I feel. And Mm -hmm. then also, is this going to hurt anyone in the process? Mm -hmm. Uh, And in terms of 
like body wise, yeah, for sure. Like definitely feel the pressure and some days are better than others, but Mm -hmm. I'd be, you know, wrong to say that I've never felt pressure from social media to look a certain way because Mm -hmm. even like the photos I take, I'll pose a certain way to, you know, look good. So that's, you know, giving into pressure of social media to an extent. Yeah. Putting on makeup, you know, you can argue that that's, you know, trying to, you can argue that anything is giving into the pressure of social media. 100%. You know, I think it's just finding that balance for me. Um, But yeah, 100%. And I do feel the same. Yeah, I mean, that kind of pinged a little something in my mind when you talked about briefly wearing makeup for social media and I so like I love makeup I I literally used to do makeup like as a baby makeup artist as a job when I was like 14 it was like my first love it's actually kind of what introduced me to social media and obviously day to day I'm not wearing a full face anymore and every time in ISO that I would do a story or do or update people on anything like books whatever and I wasn't wearing makeup I always had to like explain myself for that and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I'm not wearing makeup. I like where it is. There's this thing called like a pandemic and I'm like in it and I'm sorry that I haven't worn makeup. And it's like, (laughs) what the fuck? You know what I mean? And the fact that I I recognized that so clearly I hadn't even realized was an element of pressure, which of course it is. Um, And I feel it with writing now, when I first got into writing, it was like, Mm. this is a cute, quote and it makes me happy woohoo and I had like 200 followers on quotes with Cass and now there was a stage where I would post and delete and post and delete if the engagement wasn't there um and I felt like people expected another book from me and they expect me to do you know people before Darling had come out I was getting messages when does tour start when are you doing signings when are we going to have a reading and I was like oh my god I hadn't even like planned anything at all and like there's this immense like I guess I wouldn't use the word pressure it's almost like a just expectation expectation that's exactly it but how cool is that Mm. like it's cool that you have these people wanting more and that's so exciting that you can just because at the end of the day it's up to you you can choose what you want to do but I know what you mean about like almost like content isn't up to scratch yeah sometimes like I'll want to post something but then I'm like oh you know I've got this many you know I need to do better yeah every time which is yeah and I think sometimes I'll feel that pressure more than others Mm -hmm. or more than other times times not more than other people uh but again and it's something that I think is really important in this job if you want to call it a job is bringing (laughs) ourselves back down to reality and going Mm. like this is just my life because essentially all we're doing is showing our life Mm. so it's like if this is my life then I'm just going to post it (laughs) and living for yourself like not living for anyone else like this is my life and I'm sharing with you it to you guys but like it's my life like I'm not going to change anything in it because now suddenly you're watching it and you think that I should yeah um that's so true which is hard that I find that really hard to be honest yeah um everyone has an opinion all the time um the next question kind of flows from that which is how has having Instagram changed your friendships slash relationships yeah I I mean, I've been with Vita since I had like 20K or something. 
Um, mm. So that hasn't changed. He's just always been so supportive and he's awesome. Awesome. We love it. We love a strong <laughs> king. Like, we what do. a man. Yeah, he's like the best. Um, <laughs> as far as friendships and stuff go, I mean, I've lost friends. You definitely, the friends that I've lost or grown away from, like they sort of just grew apart and it wasn't, I think people sort of expect that your friends go, oh, you've changed or, mm. oh, we like, you know, we're not going to be friends with you anymore. Or there's people that are trying to get shit from you and like, you know, cozy up and be like, I'm your bestie, but it's yeah. more for clout purposes, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But the, I haven't really seen that happen with my best, best friends. Some I've just, a couple that I've just sort of grown apart from and that's just happened. And I feel like that would have happened regardless of whether I had social media or not. Mm. But uh, yeah, you def- you definitely, if you've got your best friends, like my best friends have just stayed the same and keep me grounded, which is amazing. You definitely, well, I, I've seen people try and, you know, do the whole, I'm going to be your friend because I want to do that as well. 100%. And you can see straight through it. Yeah. Yeah, you can. And it's just about keeping like. Put me on your story. Tag me. Yeah. Tag me. It's like. Tag me. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Who are you? And it it sucks that people are like that, but it's just, that's just what happens. It's what life is. But I think it's just about being aware but then also trying not to see the worst in people straight away, which is something that I think I have to remind trust, myself to do. Trust muscle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I it mean, has affected it then. <laughs> I've just I come to the realisation. I, I think it has 100% for, like, almost anyone who is doing this stuff. I, around my tour, I remember telling you a little bit about it. Around my tour, I had a couple friendships that went up and down. I had a very good friend of mine reach out and be like, look, I'm used to the cast that doesn't have a book and doesn't sell out tours. And I just am not in the place where I'm ready to go and sit in a room with 200 people who are like paying to see you. Like I'm, I'm used to Cass who has an eating disorder and can't get out of bed in the morning. And like, I know that that's shitty, but that's where that friend was at, at that time. Um, and she like made that, I, I kind of had to respect that from her, you know? Um, that's really big it, of her to be able to actually say that because. Yes, very self-reflective. You know, you have to, yeah, give props to her to be able to. Acknowledge it. Firstly, real, yeah, realise that and then tell you. Mm. Yeah. But those core wow, friends, that's... it's it's the same. The core good friends are always there. Like even if I give them a book, they'll like buy one for their cousin or they're, or they're like always supportive or they always have my yeah. back or always excited about what I want to do. Very uplifting. Like those core friends, no matter what I do, I could feel like I'm going to be an astronaut and they'd be like, fucking yes, Cass. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I guess it's those yeah, friends that... on the outside that are... Yeah, and just being aware of it, eh? Being aware Mm -hmm. of it, but then also not seeing the worst in people and trying to balance it all out. (laughs) Exactly. Fantastic answer. It is a lot. Um, The next question, Cass and Riley, you are both boss-ass bitches. How do you embrace your body type and how do you have such tiny waists compared to the rest of your frame? Genetics, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Literally just, and this is the thing, everyone's bodies are so different. They are. 
Very. It's, and I don't think, I mean, there's things like waist trainers and things, which we've both dabbled in. Yes. And I mean, I have waist, I don't waist train every day, but I used to, I got into it with wearing a waist trainer to the gym to support my squat because I would yeah. like arch my back. Like I was trying to twerk doing a squat. And I first got into them when like Kim Kardashian promoted them in 2015. Yeah, um, that's wild. So long ago. But I used to, I really like the sweat belt, which is like what makes you sweat in your midsection. Mm. I think that was the one I recommended to you. I, re- I remember being like, Riley, you should get this. It's like blah, blah, blah. And the thing is like when you have to have that body naturally, right? Like we yeah. both have that naturally. And we, I mean, I've been really hesitant to talk about it because I have an hourglass figure. You have an hourglass figure. If we put on a sweat belt or a waist trainer, of course it's going to be pretty efficient because it's got the grounds to work on. Um, But if you don't have that figure naturally, you can never force your body to do something that it doesn't want to do, nor should you want to. Yeah, just like I could never force myself into a size eight, no matter what I do. (laughs) I could, like, there's actually not, I am convinced there is no <laughs> way in the absolute world ever that I could be a small girl really yeah and that's just what like I'm just a bigger like no matter how little I ate I only ever got to like a 12 right and like this is the thing we all just have to embrace ourselves and know that that's just us it's just some your people natural have a small size, some people don't some people yeah. have size, some people don't some yeah. people have big carbs, some people don't. It's, and it's, yeah, I mean, we have that shape, that's our body type, and that's just kind of where it ends, I guess. And every body shape is so awesome and so beautiful. And I think with my waist, I, I like, I'm really proud of my waist. Like, I love my waist. It's one of my favorite parts of my body, right? But mm. t- for me to put that love on my waist, there are other parts of my body which I've really struggled with. Like I have not loved my legs. I have this thing where I'm never going to wear shorts and like no one in, no one in public will ever see me in shorts because I don't like my legs. And so what people probably don't realize is like maybe you've got a different body type than us. Maybe you have like those beautiful teeny toned legs that I'm never going to have and you can rock all the short shorts. Yes, bitch, go get it, queen. Like work your body for the best part of it like your favorite feature of your body like get it out there like embrace it love the shit out of it like yeah. maybe that's not your waist maybe you've got Michelle Obama arms that I don't yeah you know yeah so for sure. it's all relative yeah and then that gets us to the point of fucking love what you've got and mm-hmm. then be bigger than that be funny be kind be cool and yes. have a bomb ass body as well no matter what yes. size you are. And just be an overall fucking cool person with a cool body, no matter what size or shape or body type you are. Preach. Just like rock it, rock out. I really learned that when I had like my weight gain. (laughs) I hate myself. When I had my like weight gain and I remember, you know, I used to have a terrible eating disorder. Like numbers going up on a scale was equivalent to my like 9-11 of my mind. So I stood on the scale and I saw this like great big jump. I hadn't weighed myself in six months and I'd gained, as I said, 13 kgs. And I remember just thinking the world didn't end. I'm still loved. The guy I'm dating still thinks I'm super hot. My parents still love me. I'm still Cass. I can still write poetry. I'm still fun. And that's what matters. And like, How cool. n- 
yeah, it's a huge realization. I mean, that's, at least for my mentality. But yeah, I love how um, you I love how you phrased it. That's massive. I'm so proud of you for that. Like, yeah, that's Thank insane. You, Queen. <laughs> um, speaking of strong women, who, someone asked, mm-hmm. "Who is the most influential woman you follow or look up to?" Ooh. Mm. The most influential woman. My mind straight away goes, there's two. Mm-hmm. Ashley Graham is one mm-hmm. of my, like. Epic. Good answer. Yeah. I love her. She's mm-hmm. always been someone I look to for that body positivity and then just being cool and m- paving the way for mm-hmm. girls that were told they can't do things and they're too big and too that and too this. Yeah. Um, so she's someone that I look up to. And then someone that I really look up to is Lizzo. I just yeah. think she's rocks. Like, look at her embracing everything. And yes. even, like, her dances. Like, I remember this was, like, when she started getting, like, big. Um, mm. She put out a story and she was like, DM me if you're a plus-size black woman. I want you in my fucking show. You're dancing, like, DM me and send your applications in. She was like, I'm giving you guys a space. And I just feel like she's just been so empowering to so many people. So um, epic. Yeah, so I love her. But yeah, those so are two epic. people. Yeah. How about you? Um, to be like really stereotypical, stereotypic, is that a word? Um, Oprah. Like Oprah yeah. was one of the first people to make like Oprah's basis is spirituality, right? Like people don't realize all Oprah's talking about is like the law of attraction and positive thinking. And she just came from nothing. And she has, you know, podcast talk show. She's fucking Oprah. And I just love, I love her books. I love how she speaks. I love how she wants to help people and teach people. And she's like, I really look up to Tony Robbins. I know the question is like most influential woman, um, but she's like the female Tony Robbins, I think. So she's really, yeah. really cool. I look up to her a lot. Um, and then I like, this is maybe controversial, but I love Kylie Jenner. Yeah, <laughs> I she's, know, she's done some good <laughs> shit. I know she's I was actually self-made. thinking my mind went to the Kardashians. Yeah. Kim, she's been fucking good at the moment. Like all the shit that she's done. And I mean, they're businesswomen. They've built. That's what I look as up much to. As is people business. Hate, mm. They've still fucking done some good shit in their life and made something from what could have been nothing. Yeah. You know? Oprah's like my spiritual good person giving back idol. And then Kylie Jenner is like my boss bitch social media, businesswoman, like, yes, I think she, the claim that she's a self-made billionaire is lucrative considering that yeah. she had a huge amount of money to get Kylie Cosmetics off the ground. But Jesus Christ, she didn't sell t- $10 billion worth of stock like without doing something right. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And she has to okay that stuff. Like, yes, she has teams of creatives that help her, but at the end of the day, it is her vision. Like, yeah. we both know that as people who put stuff out on social media, at the end of the day, it's your say. So yeah. I think she's, and she inspires me a lot. I think she's a really great mum. Like, that yeah. video stormy. Don't. I actually <laughs> cry. <laughs> so much. She's so, so cute. Like, yeah. Christina, all of them. All of them, actually. I actually find them really inspiring in a, in a weird way. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone asked what your favorite meal is out on the piss. 
Oh, I have to go kebab, kebab hot chips. Okay. Combo. Oh, yeah. nice. I'd go Macca's, like just basic. Yeah, always open, drive through. I used to like force my like little boyfriends at the time and be like, can we get the Megas at like 3 a.m.? Um, <laughs> they were like, fuck. Um, next question is biggest hurdle with being self-employed slash making the transition to quit your job as a um, paramedic. Is that correct? That's what they said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quit your job as a paramedic to become full-time work for yourself. What was the biggest hurdle? I think just getting over the judgment that was going to come with it because mm. still to this day, I get judgment mm. from people that don't know me, people that do know me. I mean, to say to someone, I'm leaving being a paramedic and saving lives mm. to posting pics, you know? <laughs> like right, yes. Hmm, okay, cute. Um, so it was getting past the judgment of that Mm. and I mean I worked hard to get my degree I worked hard to get my internship they interview heaps of people yeah uh, and gave three internships out when I got mine wow um yeah so it was it was big and it's very hard to get a job as a like and you know Mm. um in the industry, but I feel like I had been umming and ahhing about it for a long time. I feel mm. like if I didn't take the self-employment route and the content creating route and this job, I would regret it. Yeah. And there was always going to be the risk that I was going to regret leaving being a paramedic and I still miss it to this day. But I have no doubt in my mind that I made the right decision. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, the opportunities that I've had from doing this mm. have just been insane. And once in a, they're once in a lifetime. Yeah. If I really absolutely. want to, I can go back to being on the ambulance. I might have to do more studies. Even if I have to do my degree again, it's three years, mm. you know, like it's, to do what I'm doing now isn't something that I could just go, hey, I'm 50 years old. I'm, I want to do this. I want to, I'm going to be an influencer. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be Instagram famous, baby. <laughs> just start vlogging. <laughs> guys, just picking up the grandchildren. Just all wrong. So I, yeah, that was the hardest thing to overcome. And mm. I, I totally understand people passing judgment on that. Like I get it. I I get it myself. I judge myself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no regrets at all. Um, rolling on for that, advice for young creatives or people who want to do what you do? Yes. This has been coming up recently a lot because people see it as a awesome job and it is an awesome job. My biggest piece of advice would be give people, well, talking from like a technical point of view, You Mm. need to be giving people value. So if you look at everyone you follow, they will be giving you value in some way, whether it's entertainment because they're funny, whether it's like how-tos, so like workout ideas or DIY craft ideas. such a good point. Or fashion or makeup. Everyone's giving you value. So have something that you can offer. Um, But then also 
it has to be genuine and you have to love what you're doing because none of us started by going, oh, I can see money in that. That's a job. I'm going to try and build my following and do all this shit to make a job out of it. That's not what happened. We all had a passion for something. Mine at the time was weight loss, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is wild. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I just shared my life. And it slowly grew into what it is now. And I think that's the difference between someone that's going to do really well in the industry and someone that is just going to flop and people see right through it is being genuine in what you want to share. That is such, oh, so and it good. It so shouldn't important. matter whether people are going to follow it or not. You should be posting the same shit. Yeah. You know, like that's just what it comes down to. And I know that seems real, like, just be like true to who you are. Like, thanks for the advice. Like, fuck off, you know, like it's (laughs) that kind of advice. It's like, yeah, but how do I do it? Um, But it is is true. Yeah. It is very true. And, and like you said, one thing when people ask me that I always say, you need to figure out your niche as in like you kind of need to figure out that thing that sets your soul on fire, that ignites you, that you're excited about, that you want to create. Because if you start doing something that's a little bit floozy or you're not so into, you're going to blink your eyes and be like five years down the track trying to do fashion when you fucking hate it, you know what I mean? And it's never going to take off. You'll always feel under that glass ceiling. And like you said, all those all those people that I look up to like small or big in New Zealand, out of New Zealand, they all have an absolutely unique vision and yeah. something that is true to them. You, you put it perfectly. I couldn't agree more. Um, so fantastic answer. Someone said, do you feel good on the keto diet slash mental clarity? I know you touched on that in a couple of your like more recent videos as well. You were saying you've been on it before, haven't you? Yeah, I did it last year. Um, Mm. And I got myself into some really bad habits. I was like drinking like, because I'm vegetarian. Well, I ate a bit of fish. Mm. I like with keto or yeah, let's just say keto because low carbs different. Keto, mm. you have to have really high fat and low carb, which meant for me cheese. And I was literally chucking like yes! a whole lot. I'm, I know, cheese! and I fucking love cheese. But you picture this every day, putting a whole block of halloumi chopped up into halloumi fries in the air fryer and having that for lunch. All yum. wrong. And yeah, yum, <laughs> but not every single day. Like I just, no. I got myself into this really bad habit of just filling up on that sort of stuff and mm. having like, I don't even drink fizzy drinks, but I was having like a Coke Zero like at least twice a day. Mm. I was eating like cream, just like straight cream from like the can last year. <laughs> but I was, I was like losing weight from it. So wow, it was, that worked. Yeah, yeah, well, it was before I went I'm to shocked. Europe and I, I wasn't doing it to go and like, I need to lose weight, I need to do this, I need to do that. I was just like jazz was on it and I gave it a go and you do feel good, you feel less hungry, um, but I'm not doing it now to lose weight because I need to do a certain thing and all that. I'm doing it to see if it will help my lipedema. Um, and that was another thing that I like that sucks about it because I love carbs. I love my protein oats in the morning. I yes. love making my banana pancakes. I yes. love having hot chips, you know, like it's all those things oh, that I enjoy. love, but I'm just going to have to see if this helps 
first. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, definitely. I feel like I do feel good when I'm eating low carb or keto. Um, but it's definitely something that you need to be absolutely in love with because it's a lifetime thing. Like you need to stick to it basically. Mm. Um, Mm. but I hate having to like the reason why I don't talk about it is because I know from experience trying all these different things and finding myself Googling things like how to lose this much weight really quickly and just yo-yoing constantly, like all in or all out. Mm. And so after years and years of trying all this shit I finally found that balance and moderation and as you know as well like the last Mm. few months like well more than few months you've been on this journey with like getting your eating right and fucking looking hot as fuck and it's all about like you'll go you'll go eat a cream egg hi like I'm fucking eating that cream egg because I want it and it's all about having what you want as well as giving your body what it needs Um, absolutely and so I think that's why I'm sort of hesitant to talk about keto because I'm doing it for lipedema to see if it helps. I'm not doing it because I'm on another crash diet that I'm trying to lose this weight on. And I'm mm. telling people that if I can do it, you can do it. Cause it's not the case. Mm. It might, they might be able to do it for a week, but it's not for everyone. Mm. And so, yeah, I just, I'm, I just try to talk about it and this like direct people that I'm doing it because of this yeah, and not yeah. telling people to go jump on keto, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good and we'll see. I'm not sure how long it'll last. I'll probably have hot chips on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really interesting to see if that helps actually that. Yeah. That's yeah, a great to report back on that and see how it goes. Yeah. I, I think I always now after being on this journey with like Rosa and working with a professional as you said, anything too extreme, like extreme diets, it really just is like up your exercise or not even your exercise, your daily movement and eat foods that are healthy and fuel your soul or body um, more so than pushing a diet, which is important. But I'd love to know if that works and how you feel doing that. Yeah. Um, Someone asked both of us, because we've both talked about this, our journey with contraception on the pill versus not on the pill for you or having the IUD for me, do you feel a difference on the pill and off the pill? 100% yes, I'd say, right? Oh, yeah. I And I didn't even realize because I'd been on it for so long. Mm. I'd been on it since I was maybe 14, 15 because I had like a ovarian cyst. So they thought I might have endo and they said like I do have sort of like early stage, so let's put you on the pill. Yeah. Um. And it was my, like my mood, I found very different off the pill. Like I had a very short fuse. Mm. Um, And I feel like that has definitely leveled out. Like I can see, it's more like the perspective. Like Mm. I'm not so in my head as much. I just feel like a normal human being now. (laughs) I felt like a psycho. Yeah, that's how I felt as well. Like it's that weird you just feel so like disengaged. Yeah. And I just be angry. Like honestly, like I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And it's common. eh? I've heard a lot of people say, I just think that that there's such a lack of education and information. I mean, 
as kids are growing up, I didn't actually think there was any other contraception option other than the pill. When I went to school, yeah. that was that was all they taught me. And then I was like, what's this, a marina? Or wait, hang on, boys can use protection and I don't have to? That's insane. Like, yeah. you know, I, I thought it was always on me to be taking this oral thing and I was stuck in that loop for like six years. Yeah. And breaking out of it was so freeing. So I really encourage yeah. anyone who's like caught in that to go pursue Research. other options. Yeah. 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 Um, two more questions. What do you see yourself doing in 10 years? Oh, how old will I be in 10 years? 34. That's fucked, first of all. <laughs> um, <laughs> what will I be doing when I'm 34? I, I reckon hopefully I'll have at least one kid or maybe two. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't like I. I've got a lot more to do with my life before I have kids, but I definitely want them at some point. Mm. I feel like I'll be hopefully in a really nice house. I'll be with like living around my friends and my family. That's one of the main things that I Mm -hmm. think is really important for when I'm, you know, settling down and shit. Like I want to have my friends and everything close. Mm -hmm. Um, And dogs is what I see. I'll be a <laughs> business owner. Yep. I will have traveled a lot more. Yep. Yeah. How I would see that for you too. I would definitely see that for you. Um, quite similar. I definitely would hope to have a publishing deal, like with a publishing house, which I am very, very fortunate to be in light discussions with at the moment. Fingers crossed and manifesting God. it. But just to be able to like kind of the reason I would want that is to have the backing to like reach more people with my message and with my story and be able to do things like I would love to see myself doing like worldwide book tours or you know just elevate it to the next level um so I'd hope that hopefully I have some kind of deal like that to support me with my writing and if I don't then my ass will be sending these books out from my front room for the next 10 years we know we know it's gonna (laughs) I'll be out there posting my books at 34, (laughs) baby. Um, But definitely still writing. Jesus Christ, hopefully married to a man who's tall, over six foot two. Thank you, God. Big arms. (laughs) Let's just do a prayer. (laughs) Who I can make pancakes and have my babies and my books and my puppies and live in happiness near my family too. That's what I see myself doing. White picket fence. Yeah, Um, amazing. And to round us off, Self-love tips. Ooh. My tips would be, I feel like I've got three. Mm-hmm. So having self-love or body image or whatever role models mm-hmm. that you look up Ooh. to and confidence role models. So you should be able to picture that person and whatever you're worried about doing or you're struggling to love about yourself those people should be able to do that. So if I go, I can't wear that dress because I look fucked up. (laughs) I should be able to picture my confidence role model and go, would that person wear that? Yes. Okay. I'm doing it too. I love that. Yeah. So having someone that you can like channel and be like, I'm them. Hi. Like I've got that. Um, The next thing would be to understand that all the things we've been taught have been taught to us for a reason. So we're in magazines we've been taught to hate our bodies um Mm. and then we get sold a cellulite cream 
Mm. You know, like it's mm-hmm. money. It's things, it's a billion dollar you know, industry. Yeah. So understanding that stretch mark, cellulite, being a size 20, being a size eight, being a size six, nothing is bad. You yeah. are who you are. Um, and we've been taught to hate all these things for a bigger reason than just to hate it. So knowing mm-hmm. that. And then the most important thing would be knowing that you're more than your body. And we've seen it recently. I was going to say with Adele, but it's kind of a bit different. I know that, you know, she's been praised for her weight loss. Um, yeah, but no one actually knows why. so drastic. Yeah. So uh, Go I, I think with that, yeah, we see that um, people praise someone for weight loss or maybe it's weight gain without actually knowing the reasons why. Super true. Um, but look at her when she was whatever size she was when she was fucking up there winning awards, Making touring millions. the world, yeah. singing. She was still a fucking funny, talented, amazing person. So yes. knowing that it's actually not what you look like um, and you are more than your body and yeah. be kind, be funny, be fun. Do all the things and know that you're actually just more than what you look like. And oh. then one more thing is also things that help. Like I'm I'm not the type to stand in front of a mirror and be like, oh, love that stretch mark. You're beautiful. <laughs> I don't do that shit. I don't, I don't know if it works for people, but it definitely isn't a thing that I do. Um, but, oh, someone's calling me. Hang on, press that again. Um, but having little things that make you feel good. So wash your sheets, mm-hmm. light a candle, have a bath. Oh, nothing better. All the things that make you feel good, do those things. Um, How about you? Nighttime, yeah, I've been working on a really solid nighttime routine. I, like, just transitioning, I've just obviously had, like, a decent, I'm nowhere near, like, a big size influencer, but I've had a, a little bit of growth. And so, obviously, yeah. with, like, doing the book and everything, I was getting those 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock emails. I was getting those 10.30 p.m., 45 comments situations, and it's really, really hard to unplug from this job because you're just strapped to it because it's just yeah. like you. So. Yeah taking the space to be like okay this is my wind down time candle palo santo I always burn that um clean sheets having a really nice shower like taking something I do every day and making it really special like I'll have an amazing bath which you shouldn't do by the way New Zealand we're in a drought but having an amazing (laughs) bath and putting crystals down yes we're in the worst drought New Zealand's ever had in history what yeah like, it's actually really serious. Wow. Like, they've started to do things on the radio where they're like, drought, drought, drought. Like, don't, water, no. Like, it's getting oh quite bad. Oh, my God. Okay. Shit. It rained, it rained once the whole of lockdown, which for New Zealand is real. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. So, and they show, they keep showing the videos of our water reserves and that bitch is just, like, dry. Like, it looks like like my face when I was on Isotane, just dry. <laughs> like there's no moisture. Fuck. Okay, that is concerning. Um, yeah, maybe don't have baths for the time being, everybody. This is like actually a great space for us to use this platform to say watch your water use. We're all meant yeah. to have like three-minute showers, I think, guys. So take that as you will. Um, and we'll take payment from um, New Zealand Council. <laughs> Just under Ardern, this is your moment to shine. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like just taking the everyday things and making them really special is kind of my self-love thing. Also getting a jade roller. I really like my jade roller. I don't think it does anything 
but <laughs> I like the sensation of rolling it on my face. I find so it very self lovey. It's so yeah. cold. It is so cold. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Everything you said, basically, those were fantastic tips. So that rounds us off. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. I know you're a busy lady. You've got lots coming up. To finish up, is there anything? Can we expect anything from you soon? Should we have our eyes on your page? Where can we find you? We should follow you on TikTok. Promote your TikTok. Oh, my God. Okay, (laughs) let's not do TikTok. I'm probably never going to film another video. It does suck you in, though. I scroll for hours. Um... You can expect big things this year. I've got three that are on like the top of my head. Ooh, One of them's like huge. You already know. Yes, um, it is so huge. But yeah, there's very exciting things happening. So stay tuned. I feel like such a stay cock tuned. saying that. You know how um, everyone does it? <laughs> oh my God, I know. Like I'm working on so much, but the thing with yeah. you is that you are actually really, really, really working on something. And I've been super fortunate to see like teeny tiny tidbits and um, know about the idea and I think it's so cool and it's so in line with your whole vision and what you're trying to do so everyone should have your their eyes peeled on your page <laughs> at some point when the great things can start happening um, but it's so exciting so thank you Amazing. so much for chatting to me it's been an absolute honor I've had so thank much you for fun having with me you. you're the first guest on sass with Cass I know and we better be fucking number one we better be above off. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan needs to sleep with one eye open. This white New Zealand influencer is coming with his force. Joke. <laughs> like we I are love here. It. Um, thank yeah. you for having me. No problem. Thank you so much, and thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of Sass with Cass. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to interview my dear friend Riley, Healthy Chick One Hundred and One, and I've had so much fun with you. Hey.